Hello, and welcome back to the Pocket Network Podcast, a podcast for real estate professionals like you to innovate your world. I'm your host, Margarita Petrosian, and this week I'm sitting here with Ricky Carruth. Welcome to the podcast. It's such hey, what's up? You? How are you? I'm great. How are you? I know Doing just fine. Busy. Yeah, I've been a little sick too. Oh, no. Um, but no, yeah, it's it's been really busy and um, a lot of fun. So I like busy. Yeah, your Instagram, just your Instagram itself seems like an overtime job itself. You have such great content you're, that you're putting out regularly. And mm-hmm. it's almost like like a free mini real estate co- crash course. I feel like I've learned so much uh, through just your Instagram. So I can't imagine what exactly you provide uh, as a coach to, to all of your real estate agents that, uh, that you take care of. Yeah. Um, well, and, and that's the cool thing, you know, it's, I don't charge anything for any of my courses or coaching or anything like that. So I can kind of make every platform kind of its own little coaching, you know, course, if you will. Um, because I don't really have to hold anything back. You know, I can just share everything I have. So that's the cool thing about what I do is I can just share everything on every channel and, you know, people can get, you know, whatever amount of value they get. And um, I don't have to worry about, oh, well, you know, this person's paying. So I don't want them to know this because, you know, this, that and the other. I'm just share everything with everybody. So that's a um, business model. And um, a lot of people are the, the exact opposite. Even people that I've spoken to that I've invited on the podcast, they've said, uh, sounds great, but I'd rather not because I don't want to reveal the secrets of the trade. <laughs> Well, and see, there, there's the problem right there. And that was a big reason why I went freeze because I didn't want to have to hold my tongue. You know, it just doesn't feel natural to me, you yeah. know, to hold stuff back and, you know, say, oh, well, I wish I could tell you, but you got to pay me. That's just not it. That's not who I am, you know. And so when I find myself being someone who I'm not, then I normally, you know, go the other direction. So I I, I started out charging people for coaching um, you know, and I tried a lot of different things. And at the end of the day, I just, it wasn't me. Um, you know, so the reason I believe you've been able to pull that off is because you have that huge success to back you up. So it's mm -hmm. not like someone else who might not have been as successful or like they're successful, but maybe in their area, uh, you have a very impressive career. You are, I believe closing a hundred or more deals just by yourself. Is that correct? Yeah. Um, Long story short, I did start selling 100 properties a year as a single agent. Um, I did that for eight years in a row. Um, and so I did about a thousand deals total over the course of my career. And um, yeah, I mean, everything I learned through that, through the, the last massive shift in the late 2000s is what kind of put me on notice and, um, you know, where I learned everything I needed to to really build my business and then, you know, just applied it you know, mixed with work ethic and, you know, built this massive business. And then at that point I was like, I'm kind of bored, you know, cause I felt like I'd conquered that mountain and it was time to do something else. And that's when I wrote a couple books and started speaking and writing and coaching. And, you know, now my passion is, you know, creating content and helping agents and, um, traveling and speaking and writing and, you know, brainstorming ideas and thinking about the future and where the market's going and paying attention to all the stuff I used to never pay attention to. I used to never pay attention to, you know, national stats and prices and interest rates and, um, you know, what brokerages are doing and stuff like that. But now 
um, very much, um, you know, in, in the middle of all those breaking news moments and stats and stuff like that. And, um, you know, I've come to really enjoy this side of it. You know what I mean? So do you think that paying attention to those national stats would help you if you were uh, still selling as an agent or is that just something you're doing to teach others? That's just something I'm doing for myself for, um, you know, to really keep up with what's happening. Um, you know, I stepped out of production earlier this year. And so I'm, I still have a toe in as I'm still doing marketing. I'm still consulting. You know, our team is still closing deals. So I'm still in it, but not talking to the buyers and sellers. So I don't have the finger on the pulse that I used to have, you know, as far as looking at MLS every day and studying and stuff like that, my local market. And so, you know, through really keeping up with, you know, everything on a national level, knowing that every market is super local, it just helps me from where I am because I deal with agents all over the country and all over the world. And so I really need to understand, you know, um, you know, what, what's going on in the market outside of my local market. So that's why I do it now. If I were still in sales and everything, I mean, I don't, it, it's, it's good to know if you're the kind of person who wants to know that kind of stuff, but you know, um, I, I think 90% of your efforts of, you know, studying the market should be just focused on your local market. You know, that's what every market is so local, you know, every market is so different, you know, market to market. I mean, right now, like for example, you've got, you know, 23% less transactions in the country, um, overall. Well, um, you know, certain markets could have 50% less transactions and some have 5% less transactions. You know, it's really kind of all over the place. That's more of an average. So you take it with a grain of salt, but you kind of, you use it, you know, and, and it's cool too, because some markets will be behind others, you know, like for example, when we started getting, well, when, when the country started getting multiple offers back, you know, even before the pandemic, um, there were a lot of markets that were getting uh, multiple, more than full price offers. Um, Denver was one of them. And um, here in my market, you know, we, we were getting nothing. I mean, we, I mean, you know, we were selling properties, but it wasn't, there was no like massive swing. And then I, and then I realized it was hitting different areas. And then our area was one of the last that was actually hit with that wave. Um but it's cool to kind of see what's happened in other markets because you can kind of almost predict what's going to come up in other markets based on kind of where this market was and where this market's headed, you know? And I think so, it's important for agents to really hear that, understand that, because just because you're hearing on the news that there's a drop in sales doesn't mean that that's going to affect your business directly if you are in an area that hasn't seen a larger drop. Well, I think that um, all areas have seen somewhat of a drop. Yeah. Um, at this point. And I think that, you know, with rates hitting 7%, that, um, that every single market, since that is a control by, you know, that's a national number, you know, I think that all markets are probably experiencing a uh, really almost just a complete roadblock. I mean, you know, the market will never completely stop. So we're still, we still have some deals going on. We closed a deal today. We're showing some property. We're negotiating some deals, but it's not like it was. And our listings are basically getting zero showings. I mean, it's, it's just basically rock bottom. It's like the market finally hit that point with 7% that buyers are like, this is, that was it for us. Like we could handle five and a half, 
you know, but seven is just, that makes a monthly payment just, you know, undoable. Um, and so that's, what's very interesting right now. We're basically at this standstill between buyers and sellers and who's going to win. Well, the buyers are going to win because, you know, they don't have to buy the sellers, you know, some of them don't have to sell and they'll just go away. But the ones who have to sell, they're going to come down. And all it takes is one sell in a neighborhood to affect the appraised value for all the other houses in that neighborhood. And now that's that new price. Let's say it was going for 450 and then, you know, somebody sells for 375. Well, 375 is going to be that new price. Nobody's going to pay more than 375. And, you know, the seller might want 400. And if he has a nice property, maybe he gets somebody to pay it. But apples to apples, you know, that property is just going to sit there and, and uh, until they come down and, and, you know, next month it's going to be lower. We're fixing to see some massive price drops now. And there's so many buyers on the sideline that's been waiting for prices to come down that are going to come out of the woodworks and flock to these deals. And, um, you know, the the I think we'll start seeing multiple offers on those, uh, you know, when they when we see some prices drop. But then it's not just going to be a snowball that keeps going. It's going to level out pretty quickly because, again, there's so little inventory um, and there's so much demand. And not so agree to pay that incredible interest rate or just wait it out they're going to pay it because prices are going to be lower you know prices are going to compensate for the for the interest rate and you'll have some people that continue to wait but it's going to open up a lot of buyers when we see prices come down another 10 percent or so it's going to open up a lot of buyers and uh you know we're going to see that flood happen i I think before the end of the year where i mean we're going to see a nice little pop and then um, interest rates may go up even more, you know, and so we'll have to adjust a little more for that. But as we go up in interest rates and prices come down to adjust sooner or later, interest rates are going to come back down, you know, and then you're going to have a double whammy to the other side, lower interest rates and lower prices. You know what I mean? And that's when, that's when things are, that's just going to keep it going. Like we're going to like, as agents, we're going to be super busy really from now to the end of the year. Honestly, I think things are, you know, within the next, say, a couple of weeks, we're going to see some prices move and we're going to see some movement. And, you know, November, December, I think we're going to be pretty decently busy, honestly, just because prices. And then January is a normal January might be a little slow, but prices are going to be coming down. February, we're going to be at a lower price point. So you don't think that people need to necessarily make drastic changes in their business, that things will keep going obviously not the way they used to, but that people will continue having business. Yeah. Like you you never change, you never drastically change what you're doing. Um, You know, you're always continuing to push forward to talk to more people, add five new people to your database every day, do your weekly email, do your social media, do all your stuff. What else can you do? That's all you can do. Um, You know, sorry, continue. Go ahead. Uh, you had said on your Instagram that the way you're adjusting is by doubling down on content. So uh, how do you think that an agent who's actively still uh, producing should take that? Should they be also doubling down on content or is that something for an educator? I think everyone should. I think every single person should. You should make calls all morning and create content all afternoon, um, you know, and, and engage on content, engage on other people's content um, and to really make it work. Um, but you know, not everybody is a content creator. Not everybody is wanting to do videos and stuff. That's fine. 
Not everybody wants to make calls. Some people just want to make videos. Some people want to make calls all day. It doesn't matter what you do. Um, you know, you got to figure out what those strengths are and then, you know, go all in on whatever they are. So I don't really say, oh, well, everybody needs to be making video. You know, um, I think like I think in a perfect world, everyone makes calls all morning and creates content all evening. That's in a perfect world. But we don't live in a perfect world. Not everybody's comfortable making videos. Um, you know, even if you make the videos that you're not even in, it's just of the property and stuff. Um, you know, uh, there's a skill to all that stuff and not everybody, not everybody has those, those tools in their tool belt. Um, you know, but the people who want to work on it and practice and make content and get better, then, you know, those are the people that are going to, you know, end up creating decent content and better and better content and end up getting traction in their business. Um, you know, I, I think, I think all that in the beginning, is um, to complement what you're doing with the phone calls and, and the emails and the door knockings and all that. In the beginning, I think it's a more of a complement to that stuff. But then long term, I think we see where people actually build massive businesses on the back of, you know, video and social media content, you know, so. For you um, personally, you're so busy, but you still manage to answer all your Instagram DMs and you answer them personally. So yeah. um, how do you schedule that into your day? And also, if you can answer this, why do you prioritize that? Um, is there a way to quantify how successful that is versus outsourcing? Well, um, it's definitely more successful than outsourcing because these are very delicate questions and and messages that I get. Um, there's no way. I mean, you know, there I could outsource it where somebody could do decent, but, you know, for me to really impact the people the way they need to be impacted, it's really hard to outsource that. Okay. Um, so, so that that's a part of your coaching. What's up? You treat that as a part of your coaching. Yeah, exactly. It's people reaching out with, you know, stuff that they need with, with, with you know, questions uh, with, with their real estate business and stuff and their life and schedule. And I mean, you wouldn't believe the stuff I get. And, you know, I just worked through that. Um, it's very time consuming. And um, I hadn't figured out why I do it either, honestly. But but I do, I do still do it. Um, you know, and I'm building relationships there. You know, I mean, I've got so many relationships built within, you know, those messages. You know, and when I go do an event in Canada or, you know, um, L.A. or Miami or whatever, you know, um, you know, a thousand people will show up, you know, and, and all of them, you know, I can look all of them in the eye and say, you know, I answered every single message that you, that you sent me, you know, and honestly, most of them are there because I answered their messages and, and they know I'm a real person versus if I never answered, or if they got some kind of just weird response from somebody I outsourced it to, you know what I mean? So it really means something. Um, I feel like that part of this whole deal and answering all the comments and putting in the work to build the content and all that stuff is just the trenches right now for me, because, you know, my thing is, is building billion dollar companies, um, you know, over the next couple of decades. And, um, you know, it's, uh, it's wild how much money I'm spending, um, investing into my brand. I don't even have a product to sell. You know what I'm saying? Right now, I don't have anything to sell anyone. It's nuts. 
So for building a brand, I think you touched on something really important. So uh, for you, it's a little bit different as a coach. Um, mm. But do you feel like the people that you're coaching kind of, um, they they piggyback off your brand? Or, or do you also help them develop their own personal brand uh, to present and to create their own business separate from yourself? Whatever they want to do, you know, it just kind of depends on what exactly the goal is and, you know, what they're trying to accomplish, how much work they're willing to put into it and what their vision is, you know, everybody's different. So I'm happy to give any of them the, any opportunity that, that they want, you know, that they're willing to work for, you know? Um, so it, yeah, it, it's cool. Cause I've got the platform that I can literally help other people, you know, build their, get their brand started. Um, you know, um, but I'm not going to be taking advantage of on that with people who aren't wanting to put the work in. It's like, you got to show me that you're putting the work in first you know, um, you know, and stuff like that. Um, so I, I get a lot of messages about that, but, um, you know, it's, I can give people everything that I know, just like on the real estate side, you know, I tell people everything I know on building your brand and working social media and, you know, building a community and stuff, you know, it's, uh, it's a lot of hard work, you know, yeah. um, it's, it's, it's every single day and, um, it never stops. You know, and if you're not willing to put that in, then what are we doing here? You know, this is this is year number six of me creating content and and building this, um, you know, and it's really kind of just now getting really fun, you know, because um, I'm starting to understand the algorithm a little more. I'm starting to um, get celebrities following me and different things like that. Um, getting asked to speak at huge events, not just these little ones and stuff. So, um, but man, look at what I look at, look at how much effort I put in though, over the last six years, people just, you know, it's like a hundred deals a year, you know, they see a hundred deals a year and you know, they're like, Oh, but they don't, they don't really want to sit down and think about 12 years. It took me to get there, you know, of, you know, pounding the phones and, you know, 12 years, you know, of just really grinding, grinding, grinding. Same thing here, you know, um, I'm doing some really cool things and I can't wait to see what happens over the next two, three, four, five, ten 10 years with what I'm doing on social. But look at what I've went through. Like, I mean, thousands and thousands and thousands of videos and, you know, um, a lot of blood, sweat and tears. I've heard of a lot of people talk about giving value to people and that's how you build relationships. That's how uh, you, you get their business. But I don't think anyone has really put that into play the way you have with uh, just finding out that everything that you're putting out there is completely free. That kind of blows my mind because I know a ton of people would pay good money to hear you speak or to, uh, to get your attention one-on-one -on -one for just 30 minutes. So the fact that you're doing this for free it, it blows my mind. I just, I don't know. Like, why did you think to do that? Well, um, you know, I just, it hit me all at once as I was charging for coaching. I realized that people, um, most people weren't paying and they were just going elsewhere. And I felt like I was losing those people. Right. And so I was like, man, how do I retain everyone? You know, instead of just 1% who are willing to pay me something, you know, um, and, and so that's, that's when I decided to go free. Cause I thought if I'm free, then everybody comes in, not just the 1%, everybody comes in the door 
And then everybody gets to know who I am. They get to know all the strategies. They get to realize how powerful this is. Um, and then I've actually got, then they, then they have this massive amount of respect for me because I'm doing this for no money and it's like serious value and it's helping thousands of agents. So I just kind of visualized the whole thing. I was like, if I cut this off and start doing this for free, then everything will explode. And then, and then what? Well, and then I'll build massive businesses later. You know, and that that was my thought is just later, later, later. Long term, you know, that's genius. But uh, people could have done that. That's because that's so much work. And I'm assuming you started this while still producing people producing 100 uh, sales every single year on their own. I can't imagine they even have time to sleep. So I was working only five hours a week selling those 100 properties because it was all referral based at that point. And I was just basically just negotiating deals and let my assistant handle everything on the back end and spending all my time coaching. So I was losing a hundred thousand a year for a couple of years coaching, basically neglecting my million dollar a year real estate business. So it was, um, it was tough. Um, but, um, you know, I finally started making a little money and I saw, I continued selling till this year. So I sold for five years while building the the brand and doing the coaching and all that. So I'm telling you, man, like it, I'm just, it's not glamorous. I can tell you right now, like there's nothing glamorous about what I'm doing. Um, I mean, I think anyone that's tried to make Instagram content or TikTok content, uh, they understand to some scale and then imagine doing what you're doing on that level. I can't imagine. I, I hate just making uh, content for social media, like small one minute clips because yeah. it's comfortable. It's really hard to edit. It takes so much time. It's one minute, but realistically behind the scenes, it could take an hour each video. So yeah. uh, props to you. I, I like, do you have a huge team helping you with this or is this more small scale doing this internally with just some assistance? It is, it's just small scale. So I've got a, I've got a company that edits a lot of stuff for me. Um, and, you know, I've worked with a couple of different companies and, you know, this one has really ended up being a great relationship. And so they do a lot of stuff for me. And so I'm thankful for that relationship. And um, so that takes a lot off of me. I'm really trying to like, like you said, I've really found a groove with Instagram. Um, you know, engagement is really incredible and it's increasing um, and I'm getting better at it it's because your content is good. So I imagine that takes a lot of time. I know a lot of people that I follow personally, they're also putting out a ton of content daily. It's just, um, I, I don't feel like I can engage with it because it's repetitive or it's just not quality. So that's mm. the difference. It's not just because you're putting out regular content. So um, yes. how do you find these things to continue talking about? How do you find these, uh, uh, the, the, basically the questions to answer that people really are looking for? And, and just to take a step back, what I did was I quit posting for a couple months to really research and um, do my due diligence because I was just posting whatever, whenever. And it got me to where I was, but I have really flatlined over the last year and I really wasn't growing anymore. Um, and I just decided I was going to quit just throwing stuff out there and be more intentional and really treat it like a job. I wasn't treating a social media like a job. I was basically just using it to just dump content. And it got me to a certain place. 
but it's not going to get me where I want to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when I, I did my research and then I came back to the drawing board and that's where you see this new style of content that I'm making on Instagram. Um, and so I, and, and I literally figured the entire algorithm and everything out. And now like I'm picking up a hundred followers a day. Engagement is just really incredible. And I'm actually, I actually feel like, like I'm growing now as opposed to just staying, standing still, which is what, where I've been for the past year or so. So that's an incredible feeling that I actually cracked the code. Yeah, now it's a lot of work. Now it's a lot of work to continue to create and produce the content. And that's where the work's going to come in now, but that's Instagram. Now I'm moving over to YouTube and I've never really had like an identity on YouTube except for, you know, the, the cold calling and the few videos I put out where I was given tips and then, you know, a bunch of clips of podcasts and stuff like that. But again, that wasn't, that got me where I'm at, but not where I want to be, you know? So the goal is over the next 12 months to hit a million subs on YouTube. And so I'm in the middle of right now trying to figure out like, who am I on YouTube? What is my identity? What, you know, what style of videos do I want to make? Um, you know, how often do I need to be posting um, and stuff like that, you know? So each platform is so different and you really have to kind of tackle them one at a time. And if you don't treat it like a job and be very intentional about what you're posting and how often you're posting and stuff like that, then you're not going to see the results, you know? So it's, uh, it's super important you know, to, to say, okay, cause the more time you spend there trying to figure it out and tweak things and learn and look at data, then the better you're going to be. But the more you just post for no reason and just, um, hope for the best, then, you know, the less the results you're going to see. Yeah. You have to stay consistent with what's doing well on your specific page, what your followers want to see. So, um, yeah. I'm assuming everyone watching when they see your name, they clicked on it because they want to be you. So a question, just going back to the start of your career, when you started off, when you got your real estate license, what was the first thing that Ricky did? What did you prioritize? Um, Well, I didn't know what to do. So um, I uh, I quit roofing that day and, you know, went in the office for a month, didn't sell anything and had to go right back to the roof and roofed. I was roofing houses and doing real estate on the side. It took me eight months to get to my first sale. So, and, and you got to realize back then there was no social media in 2002. There was no Facebook. There was no Zillow. There was nothing. Um, it was like we had MLS, email, postcards, letters, phone calls, um, you know, a magazine. That, that was really it. Um, so it was a different world. You know what I mean? Yeah. If people want to be Ricky you know, they need to go back and listen to the simplicity of the first thing I said, make calls all morning, create content all evening and do a weekly email every week on the same day of the week forever. That's really it. You know, if you're making calls and talking to people and and you're giving great first impressions and letting people know how, how, you know, much you care about them and, you know, you're hardworking, honest, dependable, and you just want to help them when the time comes, you get their information, you're doing weekly emails and you're kind of accumulating those people while you're creating videos and learning social and, um, you know, building influence, you know, it, it's, it, you know, everybody goes through the same stuff and it takes several years to really get some momentum in this business. And that's why most people quit. 
you know, you might sell a couple of properties here or there. You might have a great first year or whatever. Uh, and even if you sell 50 properties in your first year, you still have a long way to go to really build the foundation, um, you know, of your career, of your, you know, 20, 30 year career. So um, I think the biggest thing is to really think long term, you know, to absolutely just not care about how many transactions you end up with at, at the end of the first year or ever or any year ever. Right. Everything needs to be focused around learning. You know, I'm still learning. You know, you always need to be in a mode of, you know, learning more and and accumulating, um, you know, people, you know, um, in your database and followers and everything else. And then you just kind of you watch some of the guys that are really good at at social and, and at email and at phone calls. And you watch these guys and you pick up things. You know, um, I pick up things all the time from influencers that are way ahead of me, you know, about how to actually lead gen on social and, you know, how to convert and things like that, you know. Um, so it's it's so interesting to me. You know, I'm like I'm like drawn to learning more, um, you know, about my craft, you know, by guys that are, that are way ahead of me. Same thing with new agents. You just really need to take a look around and say, who are the top producers around here? Let me really watch them and see what they're up to, see what they do, you know, and then take little bits and pieces and kind of create your own little path, you know? Yeah. If someone like you can continue learning and continue looking at other people to soak in uh, what, what they know better than you, I think a lot of young people really need to take that advice uh, because I've spoken to a few um, mentors, real estate coaches and the big issue they have, they keep dropping clients because they say he comes up to me or she comes up to me and she thinks she's already got it down. Don't know why they're asking for help if they're not willing to take in the information and apply it to their work. So it's all about the ego. And if someone like you, who you, we, we see the success you've achieved. And if you wanted to, you could just stay where you are at and you can continue being successful. But if you are looking at other people, if you are trying to learn lessons from them and apply it to your own business, I think the rest of us can take that as a lesson. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. And I, I do see it all the time as well. You know, agents come in and they've listened to a couple podcasts and they think they know everything, um, you know, and, and listen, I don't, you know, you can tell me all day long what you're going to do, but until you show me, you know, um, it doesn't really mean anything. I've heard a lot of people say they're going to do this and do that or whatever. Don't tell me. You know, I mean, if you want to, you can tell me that's fine, but we'll see, you know, we'll see. It, it's, it's, I found 5% of people actually do what they say with these big aspirations. Um, you know, that they have that winner's mentality that they're going to go out there and make it happen no matter what. And the other 95%, you know, they don't, you know, for whatever reason. So um, if you're one of the 5%, then, you know, um, lucky you, you know, get out there and use those abilities and go crush it. And don't let the other 95% hold you back telling you that, you know, oh, you can't do that. Well, just because they can't do it because they're not willing to put it in the work doesn't mean that you can't do it. And do you think it's important to have that long-term strategy? It feels like everything that you've done from the beginning, it's been very strategic and you've known what you want the end goal to be. If someone doesn't really know what their end goal is, should they take a step back and figure that out before continuing? Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, I mean, of course, early in your career, it's like, 
well, um, you don't really know because you're just so new and you're just trying to learn how to write a contract. And so I get that. And so the little wins add up, you know, learning MLS, learning, learn how to write a contract, learning how to show a property and stuff like that. But, but yeah, I mean, you know, once you get some momentum, like if you don't know where you really want to be in the next five years, what the big goals are, then you don't really know what you need to be doing on a day-to-day basis. You really don't have any direction to go in because you don't really know what you're trying to accomplish you know, a lot of agents come to me and want me to coach them. I'm like, well, wh- what do you want to happen in the next five years? I'm like, well, I don't really know. Well, I don't really know what to tell you to do then because um, I don't know what we're trying to accomplish. It's kind of like a, a, a seller, you know, um, that wants to sell. Okay, well, why do you want to sell? You know, until I know why they want to sell, then I, I have no idea how to help them because I don't know what we're really trying to do here. You know what I mean? It all comes back to what are you trying to accomplish so that then I can figure out what it is that we should be doing to accomplish that. Um, yeah, I think everyone should have something long term. I mean, when I got in business, my thing was I just wanted to make a million dollars a year. That was kind of the big vision, the big goal, you know. Um, and so I just worked, worked, worked. I mean, it was I, I was actually 14 year. My 14th year in the business was the year that I hit that. And, um, you know, it was 14 years. That was a long, long, long time, you know, but I wasn't going to give up. I wasn't going to quit. I wasn't going to lay down. I was going to keep trying to figure it out, falling on my face, you know, until I got there. But yeah, having, having a big goal, um, you know, um, not like this year, but like, what do you want your life to look like in five years type thing? I think that that's super important. I agree. So what's, what's the big goal? Where, where are we going to see you in five years? Well, like I say, I'm, I'm, my goal is to build billion dollar companies, you know? So, um, any day now, um, we're launching a, um, mortgage brokerage. Um, you know, we'll be in three States. We'll eventually be all, you know, nationwide within two years or so. Um, but that's kind of the beginnings of something that's going to be, you know, possibly incredibly massive. And this is a really incredible time to start a mortgage broker. since how we're basically at the bottom of the mortgage meltdown here. Um, you know, uh, what, what's happened over the past 12 months. And um, so we're really excited about that. But building businesses, I think you'll see me on really big stages, um, you know, doing some cool things on some really big stages. And building some really massive businesses. I can't wait to see that. And thank you so much for taking your time to sit with me today. It's been a pleasure getting to know you and getting to pick your brain one-on-one. Um, so for everyone watching at home, Ricky answers his messages, his own DMs, and he's really quick. I have less than like 0.01% of his followers and I take more time. It stresses me out answering my DMs. So DM him, uh, try to, to take in what he's saying and and apply it to your business because I promise if you do that, um, you'll be one of those billion dollar businesses that he's helping build, uh, build up soon. Thank you so much for your time, Ricky. Absolutely. My pleasure, man. Good, good hanging out with you for a bit. Thank you. And remember everyone change begins at home.